is his hour. It is his hour.
as he was coming up out of that ground. <coughs> what a great morning it is to be gathered here with you together. I am glad when they said unto me, Let us go unto the house of the Lord. The Bible says where there are two or three are gathered together. <coughs> in my name there will I be in their midst. I'm glad that, yea, we may not be able to be physically together. We are together. Uh, we can be together as we see each other. I see people are watching and, and looking on. And, and we can worship together the Lord. As we've sang this morning the praises of God, how he is risen from the dead. This is Resurrection Sunday. Uh, I am glad that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And uh, so thankful for that. You've got your Bibles. Take it to John chapter number 12. John chapter number 12. We're going to read in just a moment. I'm going to give a bunch of introductory statements and then we'll get we'll read our text and then we'll jump into the message there. The introduction might as, might be just as long, if not more, than the, the sermon here. Uh, you've got your Bibles and you're turning to John chapter number 12. John, I do have I do have a water. Thank you. <coughs> Uh, John chapter 12, and uh, Jesus makes a statement. Jesus is, uh, he's entered into Jerusalem, and uh, as you see what's taking place in this text, uh, Mary has anointed the feet of Jesus. Jesus enters Jerusalem, and, and uh, Jesus is about to make a statement in John chapter number 12. But before we get there, I just want to read a couple verses to you. And in John chapter number 2, in verse number 4, Jesus had just done a miracle or Jesus was about to do his first miracle. And Jesus saith that John chapter 2 and verse number 4, if you have a habit of writing things down, just to look up. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. He says, Look, Mom, my hour's not ready. I'm not ready to go. John chapter number 7 and verse number 6. John 7 and verse 6, the Bible says, Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come. He, he, he's dealing with the disbelief of his own brothers, but he tells them, My hour is not yet come. Verse number 8 of chapter 7, the Bible says, Go ye up unto this feast, but I go not yet unto this feast, because my hour for my time is not yet full come. Jesus goes on and says in John 2, John 7, he says, My hour isn't come. It's not time. It's not time yet. The Bible says in John 7 and verse number 30, he says, <coughs> They sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. Jesus is very specific here as he's talking about his hour. The hour that hasn't come. He tells his mom, the hour's not come. He tells his disciples and brothers, the hour's not yet come. Mm -hmm. And then he tells, and then the, the people don't take him because his hour isn't come. I want to read to you a text. You've got your Bible says, stay right there in John 12. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 22, I'm going to come back. We're going to come back to John chapter number 12 in just one moment. But in, but in Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, Jesus 
is getting ready to be sold. They're selling him for to take him prisoner. Jesus has been denied by Peter. Or Peter, he, 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 he tells of that taking place. Uh, and Judas has betrayed him. Jesus had, Judas had sold him to the highest bidder. And Jesus says in verse chapter 22 and verse number 52, Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders which were to come. He says, Be ye, be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves. He said, you've come at me with swords and staves, and I'm not a thief. I'm not a thief, but here you come at me like that. But watch what he says in verse number 53. He says unto them, when I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth not your hands against me. Then Jesus said, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. You say, what do you mean? What does this mean? Jesus looks at, looks at Judas, looks at the, <coughs> the priest and the council, and he looks at these men, and he says, this is your hour. He said, it's your hour and the power of darkness. So as we're making our way, we're looking at this. Jesus said, it's not my hour. It's not my hour. It's not my hour. As they come to arrest him and they take him captive to take him to go crucify him. He looks at those who were taking him and he says, it's your hour. It's your time. And the power of darkness. You say, well, does that have to do with his hour? You just wait just a second. Just, for just one moment, we'll get to the message. Judas <clears throat> betrayed Jesus. This was Judas's hour. This is your hour. This is your hour, council. This is your hour, elders. This is your hour, chief priest. This is your hour, Herod. This is your hour, Pilate. This is your hour and the power of darkness. This is your hour, the Jews that hung him on the cross. This is his hour, Satan, who denied Jesus Christ. This is his hour, which crucified him on the cross. This is his hour when they laid him in the tomb. This was his hour. This is his hour. The hour of darkness. The hour of darkness in which they turned their backs on Jesus Christ. It was the hour for darkness. <coughs> this was the hour that they caused the death of Jesus Christ. This was the hour that they hung him on a cross. This was the hour that, that he would be betrayed. This was the hour when darkness had control. This was the hour. But much like we know, <coughs> every hour has an end. Every hour has an end. Every hour comes to the next hour. And this hour was going to end the hour of darkness. The hour of death. The hour of the cross. The hour of the, of the denial. The hour of the betrayal. The hour of Judas. The hour of Pilate. The hour of Herod was going to come to an end. Because Sunday was going to come. Because the hour of darkness was going to end. Jesus looks at them. This is your hour. Now. You understand where we're at. You understand what's taking place. Jesus has told Judas. 
Jesus had told Pilate, he told Herod, he told the Jews, he told them, he said it was their hour. But watch what takes place in John chapter number 12. See, Jesus said in John 2 and John 7 that it wasn't his hour. But in John chapter number 12 and verse number 23, he looks at those who, <coughs> who were around him in verse number 23. He says, and in verse number 23, and Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come. The hour is come. What was the hour in which Jesus Christ was talking about? Look in, the next, in that same verse. That the Son of Man might be glorified. Verse number 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And you say, what in the world does that have to say to me? I'm telling you what that has to say to me. It has to say to me is that the, the hour at the time was the darkness. The hour of darkness was upon them. The hour of Satan was upon them. The hour of Judas. The hour of the betrayal. The hour of the wrong. The hour of sin. The wrong of death. And the cross. And Calvary. And the betrayal. And the whippings. And all that would take place. That was their hour. But Jesus said, it is now my hour. See, Jesus said, I'm not done. I'm not yet. It's not over yet. It is time for me. It's my hour. <coughs> it is my hour. <coughs> that the Son of Man might be glorified. But Jesus Christ was saying in John chapter number 12, in John chapter number 12 also in Matthew, I know we're going to a lot of different texts this morning. In, in Matthew chapter number 26, <coughs> just trying to piece together this story. John, Matthew 26 and verse number 13, the Bible says, Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also be the, also this, that the woman hath done this, had done, had done it to be a memorial of her. And I must have read, must have wrote down the wrong verse there, because that's not the verse I needed to read. I excuse me for that. John chapter number 12, he says in verse number 2, 23, it's my hour. But I want you to know this. Number one in the sermon, if your way of making note, is his coming of Calvary. The coming of Calvary. It was his hour. Yes, it may have been the darkness. It may have been the, the hour of darkness. But it was the hour in which Jesus Christ would be glorified. If you remember correctly, just a couple weeks ago, we read in the book of John, where it refers to Moses lifting up the serpent on, uh, up on a staff that all could see and be healed. He said, if you will just look, look and live. See, what would happen is Jesus said, it is my hour now to be glorified, now to be hung on the cross. It's the coming of Calvary. It's coming. I'm going to be glorified. I'm going to take over this hour and the hour of darkness will no longer be in charge. I'll take the hour from the hour of darkness will end. The hour of darkness will come to an end. In verse number 23, you'll see in John chapter 12 that, it, that the coming of Calvary, it was his hour. You see the power in which he came. 
The hour is come. The Son of Man, the Son of Man, He had a plan. And the plan was for Him to be glorified. The plan was for Him to be coming to Calvary. But I also know this. <coughs> In verse number 24, you say, what is this? What are you talking about? I'm talking about this. He's testifying. <coughs> it is my hour. It is my hour. See, he had a plan for Calvary. He had the power of Calvary. But not only that, we see the need. The need for Calvary. You say these are all subpoints underneath coming, but the coming of Calvary is the power and the plan and the need for Calvary. You say, what's the need for Calvary? I'm glad you asked. It was me. It was you. See, the hour of darkness was there. And the hour of darkness was real. And the hour of darkness was taken over. And Judas had betrayed him. And Jesus had been crucified. And Jesus was about to die. The hour was upon them. The hour of darkness was there. But Jesus said, I need to go to Calvary so that I can take that hour of darkness and conquer the hour of darkness and conquer the hour in which I gave to Judas and the hour in which I gave to Pilate and the hour in which I gave to Herod. It's coming to an end. And Jesus got on the cross of Calvary. The need was me. The need was me. Verse number 24, look at that verse. Verse number 24 is a picture of what would take place on the cross. Verily, verily, I say to you, except a corn of wheat falling to the ground. The need for Calvary was that we needed Christ to get on the cross and fall and go into the ground and die. Humility of Calvary. The power and the plan and the need and the humility of, of, the, of the cross. Then... The humility of how Jesus Christ lowered himself as a servant and put himself on the cross and gave, uh, took on the sin of every mankind. Humility of the cross, the need, the power, the plan. That's the Calvary. That's the coming to Calvary, counting of Calvary. Number two, and I'm done. The coming. Are you ready? The coming. Not only was it the coming, the hour of Jesus Christ was there. It was the coming of Calvary. But it was the coming of the empty tomb. Jesus told them. He said. And the Son of Man will be glorified. In verse number 23. He said. The hours come when I will die on the cross. And you'll come to an empty tomb. And then I will be glorified. And I'll rise from the dead. <coughs> I'll be glorified. I will be glorified. Look at verse number 24. He said, Except the corn of wheat <coughs> fall into the ground and abide it alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth fruit. It bringeth forth fruit. Jesus Christ conquered the death, conquered hell, conquered the grave. As I said, in Sunday school, when a bee stings a person, the stinger's left in it. And the stinger's there. Just like when Christ rose from the dead, he took the, the sting of death because he conquered death. He conquered hell and he conquered the grave. When he arose from the grave after he had been dead for some three days. Up! 
from the grave he arose. Why did that take place? Because of the coming of Calvary. Because he, he, he testified it. And then he told us, hey, I'm going to be glorified. This is my hour. It was time for the Son of Man to be glorified. My, one of my absolute favorite verses in all the world, in all the Bible, Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 6. Verse number 5, we'll read that just to grab it. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know you seek Jesus which was crucified. Watch, for he is not here. For he is risen as he said. Come, come here. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Come look at the place where Jesus laid. See, here's the difference between us and every other religion in the world. Us and every other person. Guess what? The tomb of Jesus is empty. The tomb of Jesus is not, doesn't, you cannot find the, the bones of Jesus. You know, uh, throughout history, we may say that, that they went back and uh, the, the, the guards went back and, and they began to tell what took place and they said, no, no, you can't tell that story. Tell them that someone stole the body. But I'm here to tell you, there has never been a discovery of the bones of Jesus Christ. There's never been a time when the historians have come down and said, well, his body's gone. See, look, even Rome believed, even <coughs> 11 Eleven of the disciples went to their grave, died for the cause of Christ, died a martyr's death. Eleven of them, uh, ten of them died a martyr's death, believing and never recanted the story that Jesus rose from the dead because it is true. His bones can't be found. The grave is empty. There is not a body there. Hey, hey, I thank God right now. He is not here, for He is risen as He said. He's not there. <coughs> he is not there. He's risen, as he said. You know why? Because this was his hour. And the hour of darkness was over. Now, I want to give you a, a one last thought. One last thought. Today. Does the hour look bleak? Does the hour look, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, a lot of people think and look at today and say, man, it's the bleakest it's ever been. I've never seen anything like this before. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He's in heaven. Right now, the hour is Satan's. It's his. And this world is, we're getting closer to the return of Christ. See, all these bad things are happening. All these things are, all these bad things are taking place. I don't know, I don't know what's going to go on. I don't know what's going to happen. I know one thing. Sunday's coming. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Sunday's coming. 
The day will come when Jesus will split the eastern sky. We'll all get out of here and He'll take us to our heavenly home and it will be His hour again and He will rule and reign. Uh, hey, I'll tell you what, I look forward to the day when His hour is there. But may I say this, it is our hour to work in this world. It is our hour. It is our time to go to work. Hey, I may long for heaven tomorrow. I may long for heaven today, but ultimately I must push I must pry. I must go forward for Jesus Christ and keep home, keeping on for Jesus Christ. <coughs> Win more. Do more. Live for more for Jesus Christ. I'm done. <coughs> so I ask you this question. Do you know the Lord? Do you know for sure that you go to heaven? You say, preacher, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. Brother Trent, I, I don't know. I sure want to know. I sure want to know I'm going to heaven. I don't want to doubt anymore. <coughs> I'm going to give you a couple things. One, you must believe you're a sinner. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean this. You're sitting there in your seat right now, and you're watching this. You say, I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I want to know. I want to tell you how you can know. Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 13, he says, These things have been written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. He said, I know, he said that you may know, K-N-O-W, know for a fact that you can go to heaven. Not hope, not pray, but know for sure. If you're sitting in your seat this morning and you say, you know what, I don't know. I'm going to heaven this morning. I don't know. I simply don't know. Would you like to know? Would you like to know that you're on your way to heaven? Put away the doubt. You say, well, I have just a little bit of doubt. I always like to look at it this way. On a scale from one to 100, do you, how close are you to 100% for sure being that you're going to heaven? Well, I'm 80. I'm 90. I'm 100% for sure. Is that you? You say, I'm 80%. Maybe I'm 50-50. I'm not for sure. But I'd like to take a moment and take a Bible and show you what it means to know for sure you're on your way to heaven. You say, right here, right now? Yes, right here, right now. Listen to these words. It's not the words I'm going to say. It's from the Bible. Romans chapter 3, verse number 23. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Before you can know for sure that you're on your way to heaven, you must know that you are a sinner. You must know that without him, you would die and go to hell because of your sin. Number one, you must know that you're a sinner. Number two, you must know that you are on your way to hell. You say, I'm on my way to hell. What would happen to you if you don't know for sure that you're on your way to heaven? Where would you go? You say, well, well I sure hope I'd go to heaven. Well, I hope you do too. But do you know for sure? You say, I don't know for sure. Then where would you go? Where would you go if you don't know for sure? So number one, you must believe that you're a sinner. Number two, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, and verse 23, he says, for the wages of sin is death. What does that mean? That means everybody has to die. I mean, everybody without Jesus, everybody with Jesus, without Jesus has to die. 
And there's only one or two places you can go. You can either go to heaven or you can go to hell. So here's the question to you, where would you go? If you don't know that you would go to heaven, then where would you go? You would go to hell. If you know that you're, if you know for sure, then you would go to heaven. But if you have doubt and question whether you would or wouldn't, then where would you go? Number one, you must believe you're a sinner. Number two, you must believe that you're on your way to hell. But number three is the best part. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through. How do I get that gift of God? What's that gift of God? That's eternal life. That's, that's heaven. The Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift. For Christmas, for birthdays, we give gifts. We gave gifts to the girls. We hadn't given gifts to the girls yet this morning, but we'll give gifts to the girls for Easter, for Resurrection Sunday. Do you know what they paid for them? Nothing. Do you know how much I expect for it? In return, nothing, because it's a gift. A gift is something that I give for free. Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross of Calvary for you, for you, for me, so that you and I could get that gift of what? Eternal life. You say, how do I get that gift? How do I get that gift, preacher? I'll tell you how you get that gift. Number one, it's through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the rest of that verse says, Romans 6, 23, he says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through, through what? Through church membership? No. Through church baptism? No. Through water baptism? No. Through communion? No, that's not what it says. Romans 6, 23, look it up. It says, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The only way that this preacher's going to heaven, the only way that you're going to heaven is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So here it is. Number one, you must believe you're a sinner. Number two, you must believe that you're on your way to hell. But number three, you must believe that Jesus Christ is the answer for salvation. If you believe those three things, I'm gonna tell you what you need to do. Right now, right there in your living room, right there in your bedroom, right there where you're at. Maybe you're out there on the porch. Maybe you're watching it out. I don't know where you're watching it at, but you say, I believe those three things, preacher. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13, he said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right now, where you're at, we're going to bow our heads. We're going to pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you'd like to know for sure that you're on your way to heaven, I want you to say that prayer. And ask Christ to save you. You say, right now? Yes, right now. And believing with your heart, believing with all that's within you, asking Christ to save you and him alone to save you from your sin. And at this moment, at this time, today is the day of salvation. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't put it off till next week. You do it right now. You say, I don't know. I don't know I'm going to heaven, preacher, but I've got to know right now. Bow your head if you want to know right now. Let's pray. I'm going to say it and just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that without you, I would go to hell. But I'm trusting you and you alone to take me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins the best I know how. 
Come into my life and save me. Take me to heaven when I die. And in Jesus' name, amen. You say, what? I just did that. I just asked Christ to save me. Listen, if that took place right now in your living room, in your bedroom, or you, you sitting outside, you said, that took place for me. I want you to comment. Say, hey, that was me. Or you say, well, I don't want to make it public. You, you, uh, you email the church. You call the church. Tell me, tell me that, that, that you did that. We want to rejoice with you about making that decision that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the first time. You accepted Christ as your personal Savior. It's your choice. You did that today. Share with us. Share with us. I'm so glad you chose to get on here with us this morning. But if you chose to bow your head and trust Christ, you say, I did that? That's the greatest day in your whole entire life. The hour may be dark, but the hour is coming when Jesus Christ will part the clouds and we'll get out of here. God bless you guys. Tune in tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll have our evening service. We'd love to have you. We're going to try to do a, a hymn sing. You comment and uh, request a song, and we'll try to get do it, do it if we can. And thank you so much for being with us. God bless you all. Happy Easter.